How's it going, coaches? If you'd like to support our coaches and the podcast, go to the store section of our website, runthepower.com, and choose from three different designs of t-shirts, long sleeves, and sweatshirts, costing as little as $20. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Powerlift. We don't just like Powerlift because of their awesome name. We also use Powerlift, Broken Arrow, and Ankeny to design both of our facilities. They not only have a good product, they also have a bunch of good dudes. They don't come off as those greasy bad car salesmen that you run into a lot of the time. Instead, you get to work with guys like former guest J.R. Conrad, guys that truly care about the game and your football team and want to help you build your strength program. Powerlift is a trusted program that is designed the University of Oklahoma, University of Iowa, Baylor University, and Mater D High School's weight facility just in the last few years, along with many, many more. Let Powerlift take your unique needs and use them to design your state-of-the-art facility. From concept to completion, choose Powerlift. Powerful ideas, powerful results, made in the USA. Go check out Powerlift at power-lift.com. Again, for any of your weight facility needs, go check out Powerlift at power-lift.com and tell them Run the Power sent you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by SkyCoach. SkyCoach is a proven sideline replay technology that will give you the advantage over opponents utilizing anything else. It's got 24-7 support, a flexible network that works in any stadium, any size crowd, and the most reliable, innovative software available. We use this at Broken Arrow. Uh, we've got the butt shot and the wide shot. It is crucial in games to be able to see that. I can tell, uh, did a team get into four and four eyes? Are they just really loose threes? Uh, is, it a, is it a tight shade or is he head up? Um, it works great for us. I can tell where they're slanting, when they're blitzing. Uh, you know, so many times you've had a kid come off the field and say they're getting – uh, a guy blitzing in every gap, right? But here you can go back, you can look at it. We've got our OC up in the press box looking at the wide, me on the sideline looking at the tight, and, and we can actually hook these up to TVs on the sideline, show the kids. It works great. It's worked every time. Uh, I love being able to use it. Sky Coach, to be the best, you must use the best. Don't let your team down by choosing something inferior. Sky Coach, the market leader in sideline replay. Visit them at myskycoach.com to learn more. Again, if you want a great sideline replay, go to myskycoach.com to learn more. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents guaranteed. Go check them out at their website, teamattackacademy.com. On today's episode of RTP, we talk with Ron Mackey. Coach Mackey is the offense coordinator and quarterback's coach at Crestwood High School in Sumter, South Carolina. Coach also hosts his own podcast that I was on earlier this year called Talking Football with Coach Mackey. On top of running his podcast, Coach also runs his own football website dedicated to the spread offense, ronmackeyfootball.com, as well as his own YouTube channel. Listen as we talk with Coach Mackey about installing and using a spread offense, how to prepare to run an up-tempo offense, and how to use an up-tempo offense to keep your opponents on their heels. You can follow Coach Mackey on Twitter at Coach Mackey Jr. Hope you guys enjoy. I've had your theme song in my head all day today. <laughs> I was listening to it going 
going to work and I got like a 40 minute drive and I've had that theme song in my head all day. And the kids are like, coach, what are you singing? What are you humming? That is great. I don't know. So, so, well, well played on that, man. I'm so glad you said that. We just found that like on a free website. It was like free audio. And I was like, I'm not going to waste that much time. I'll just grab one of these and grabbed it. And then that's so funny you say that. I was just humming. I was just singing it the other day in my house. And I was like, what song am I singing? And then I was like, oh, it's our, uh, that's our theme song. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, well, whoever chose that, high fives all around, man. <laughs> that, that was all Harper. Like, I'm, I'm sending Harper stuff. I'm like, dude, I want, I want like some Kid Rock or something. I want Kid Rock forever. Let's go and get some of those guitarists. He's like, well, you're going to have to pay for it. I'm like, all right, I guess we'll go with the free one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? On second thought, this one's not On second thought, I really like that. <laughs> and I don't want to pay. I'll, yeah, may, uh, maybe I'll send some campaign donations to Kid Rock oh, yeah. if he decides to run. Yeah. But I ain't going to give him any money for his freaking song, man. No, no. And actually, the campaign contributions will probably be a hell of a lot cheaper than the oh, uh, yeah, the paying for the royalty of his music. Exactly. All right. Well, Coach Mackey, we're, we're glad to have you on. Um, you know, I've been on your podcast now, and, and so it's nice to have you uh, on to ours and, and kind of get your side of the story. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of let you go here for a little bit. Uh, just kind of tell us and, and tell the listeners, you know, how you got to the point where you are now, you know, a high school coach. I know you're, you're a um, spread, throw it around uh, offensive coach. So kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, opposite of me. And, um, you know, I know Walls has been in that kind of offense. And I've been in that offense too, as well as a player, but never as a coach. So, so kind of, uh, you know, your story and, and how you got to coaching and, and how you got to love, um, you know, different, different parts of, of the offense that you talk about and that you clinic over. All right. Well, um, first off, thank y'all for having me on. Love your podcast. And uh, I want to know just just off the bat, all the coaches that are listening, uh, does y'all's theme song get stuck in their head as well? Because we were talking right before we started this, how it gets stuck in our head. And I want to, hopefully I'm not the only one. So again, Uh kudos. I really love it. But I started football, playing football when I was in high school. Always loved it. I was a linebacker actually. And I played in college and I, I loved offense, but I was way too slow and fat. To, to actually get on the offensive side of the ball. I wasn't, I wasn't big enough to be an offensive lineman like you studs, <laughs> but I, I, I loved to hit, so they put me at linebacker. And I, I had a pretty good career. We played in the state championship two years in a row, won one and got, got, got destroyed my senior year. But what I noticed, first off, talking about how I loved the offense, is the teams I did really well against were the teams that ran the ball because essentially all you had to do was just read the guards. And they usually in high school, unless you go against some, some really good offenses, the guards take you to the ball. So I'd have amazing games. And the games I really struggled at were the teams that came out and spread. And I really didn't know if they're going to throw the ball or run it. And I, I was kind of stuck in that, that no man's land, you know, that one yard to two from the line of scrimmage. And you're like, oh, what do I do? And you just freeze up. So that was my first taste. I went to college at a small school in South Carolina to play ball, tore my arm up, had to get Tommy John surgery. And I always said that if I got major surgery, I was just going to call it quits because I, I didn't think I was mentally strong enough to go through that rehab and everything like that. Uh, lucky for me, though, I've had, my, my parents pushed me in the grade, so I had grades, so I had academic scholarships as well. Got out of that, transferred. I met my wife at um, USC Columbia. I followed her to where she got her in Augusta, where she got her degree. She's an occupational therapist. She's my sugar mama. 
So <laughs> it's nice to have one of those. It, it, it really is. Uh, I tell her if she ever divorces me, she's going to have to pay me child support, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, after we graduated, we got married and I got a job by my old high school coach and he brought me back up to where I played ball at. And I was there for maybe five or six years, five years. You know, you're getting old when you can't remember how old, how long you're at a place. But for the first couple of years, I was on defense. I, I went back, I coached uh, linebackers. And again, I realized that I was one of the, the few that actually got reading the guards because my guys always struggled with it. They wanted to put their eyes in the backfield. And I kept stressing, hey, guys, just, just follow the guards. The guards take you everywhere. And they never would listen. So then that was another one of those, hmm, maybe, maybe pulling the guards has, has something into it. So from there, uh, I reached out to a head coach that got a new head coach that I knew his brother and playing in all-star games. And I was like, hey, I really want to come on the offensive side of the ball. I know offense. Uh, can we sit down and I'll, I'll try to talk to you about how I can be an offensive coordinator? He was like, yes, and that's where I'm at right now. But going back to the guard reads, I realized that if you pair guard reads up with the new stuff like Noel Mazzoni RPOs, we have been making a killing with that. And I just, I've always been in love with Mike Leach and, and Mouse Davis and slinging the ball around. I don't know how you big guys do it, man, putting 32 people in the box and then just running it for two yards. That just, that just bores the hell out of me. I'm going to be honest. That's funny you say that. Um, that's, you know, what, what gets me excited. I start, we start, uh, I got some, what was it? Uh, Georgia film right and I thought they were going to be exciting to watch and uh, it was honestly a lot of uh, 20 personnel and, and some 12 but it was a lot of inside zone and a lot of just like, like you said RPOs just quick little uh, bubbles or whatever and and I was bored by about halftime I couldn't watch any more of it <laughs> well I know when we talk y'all the only thing y'all talk about on here seems to be uh what is it North Dakota State man there you that's, go. What, that's what gets you all excited, gets you a little ex happy and stuff. And I'm sitting there going, why? You've got 18 people in the box. Why the hell are you just going to run it straight up the middle? Coach, I'll, I'll tell you why. Five national titles in six years. <laughs> I know. That, that I know. gets me really excited. I like to win. I, wa I like to watch people tap out in the fourth quarter. So if I watch MMA fights, you know, I, I think the strikes and stuff are great. But when the fight goes to the ground and guys are getting tapped out, to me, that, that's the stuff that, that really gets me. Now, hey, again, you know, I've been a play caller, uh, and Coach Harper can attest to it. There'd be maybe some games where I'd get crazy and we'd throw it 20 times, you know. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I still think you got to have the balance, you know, and, and any offensive line guy that, that I think is, is any good, you know, they're going to say the same thing. You know, you, you, you'll be able to, especially at the college level where teams are good, you only be able to run it as well as you can throw it. You only be able to throw it as well as you can run it. You got to have the ability to do both. You know, an RPO is not going to be very good if all you do is the P version of that. Oh, right? I agree. You, I you agree. still have to have the the threat of being able to to run the ball. You have to have the discipline to to do things correctly. But you know, where we grew up and where I grew up in the north, I mean, if if you couldn't run the football, especially when the weather would get poor, you know, all of a sudden if there's six six to eight inches of snow on the ground you're going to have issues so a lot of times it kind of comes back to you know to, to where you grew up but you know again I, coach I, I was a skinny dude I played wide receiver and that, that was one of the things that I had to learn because I was always one of those guys that was like dude let's throw it every snap I'm always open I'm always going to catch it you know 
Exactly. I got, I've got an answer to, to everything that the defense throws at me, but I figured out really quick, if you don't have an answer for the defensive end uh, and he hits your quarterback one time and he blows up his arm and he's got to have Tommy John surgery, my air raid passing attack ain't going to work very good. Oh, so. it, but, but it's simple, man. Instead of having a guy at five yards, just put him at seven. <laughs> That's the same, man. It, it, we can always get up, get up on the whiteboard and do all that. But, I mean, to Last me, it was always like – Chalk wins. Yeah, I, I got to have, have some balance. So, I mean, that, that was always kind of where I came from. And then, I mean, I always thought if, if you were going to build a program, why not use a blueprint with, with somebody who, like a North Dakota State, wins five national titles in six years. To me, in college, that's unheard of. You know, I don't, I don't care what level you're at. You know, maybe you could say something like uh, a Mount Union who's won all these deals. But, dude, they're getting D1 bounce backs at Division three, you know, level. They're playing against some of these these programs. You know, none of them can give scholarships. You got academic kids who, who love ball. Uh, to me, the, the talent difference there is, is huge. In FCS, it's it's pretty level. Oh, yeah. you, you can't not. You can't not yeah. what you're doing, man. And if you go up there and you look at those kids, I mean, you, you'd sit there and you'd be like, huh? How do these guys win all these games? So, I mean, to me, there's, there's something that the, those guys are doing right. And, again, it's not all running the football. They play tremendous defense. They have had, obviously, really talented quarterbacks. You know, Karsten Wentz kind of speaks yeah, it, for itself. So, I mean. It they, helps to have a first rounder. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been able to, to develop dudes and, and put it in a pro-style system. But there's, there's no doubt about it that, the game continues to evolve, and, and if you're one of these guys, I know I see it on Twitter still with dinosaur football chat and all that, you know. There, there's a time and a place for some of that, but, I mean, I, don't, I think if, if you're not able to change with the times and at least kind of modify what you're doing or at least learn what other people are doing, you're, you're really limiting yourself. Uh, Coach Nelson said on our last one, you're really shortchanging yourself and you're shortchanging your players. Oh, I agree, and I, I'm going to be honest, coaches. I I love to don't don't get me wrong. I if I could run inside zone all game, that's the only play. There have been times I've called that play like 35 times because the defense couldn't stop it. Yeah. Sure. So if I can run it, I'm going to run it. And uh, my favorite offense to actually that I have been studying for the past four years, almost religiously in the off season, is is the Art Bros tree. Baylor, Tulsa. I've I've been looking into Bowling Green, Eastern Illinois. Um, or I'm sorry, Eastern. Yeah, Illinois. I was thinking Washington. Or was it Washington? Where was uh Babers at when he first got his job? He was at Eastern Illinois when he had okay. Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah. Good lord, you talking about falling into a great place there? <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah. And then um, and then Syracuse. And what I found when I break those down is they run the piss yeah. out of the ball. No, they spread, they, you, they spread you out to run it. There's no doubt about it, and they're taking vertical shots heck off yeah, play man. action. Heck, yeah. And so that, that's what I like. I, I love watching Mike Leach and stuff like that. It, to me, it's just something I, I just think it's – when you go out at practice, I don't know how y'all do it, but when we do it, the kids come up there about 10, 15 minutes before, and, and they're not lining up handing the ball off. They're all running around, throwing the ball. You know, trying trying to moss everybody. I'd, who who's this generation's moss? Do y'all kids do that? They, uh, they, they still. Moss moss? I still know it right now. I mean, it's funny because I got, I've got like three basketball kids that I'm trying to recruit. You know, they're all the the six two post players. They're going to be you know the the real big time dudes in the NBA, right? <laughs> but I, but I, I still recruit them every day in the hallway. So I got the one hand up, and I'm like, you ready to start mossing guys? And they still know exactly, exactly what I'm saying. 
So I, I still, I still think Randy, Randy Moss still kind of transcends it probably because he's still on, you know, some of the, the talk shows and the, the pregame stuff, but the, everyone knows it's become part of the, the lingo. It's Moss. There's no he, doubt about he it. Doesn't, he doesn't tape ankles. He's all cash, homie. Straight yeah. cash, straight, straight cash, cash, dude. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, but I'm, I'm telling you, man, that, I don't think there's, there's not another one. You, I, don't no, heck no. up, I don't know if there is a, this generation. Just like I try to ask these guys, what, what's your generation's movie? I, I couldn't tell them what their best movie is. All the good movies were made when we were growing up. That Harper, what would it be? Harper, you're the youngest guy. What would it be, man? I, I don't know. It, it would have to be Anchorman. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. I mean, that's there a pretty you. good one. But there you I, go. I'll tell you in the last – um and and I think it's – I really do think it's because of Netflix and, and some of the series that they have now. Movies have gone. Movies have gone almost extinct, and they will, I would assume, uh, pretty pretty soon. But who's going to the movie theater? I mean, very rarely you do it for a date maybe, but um, you don't do it because you could sit at home and watch eight hours of movie quality of Game of Thrones or oh, heck yeah, man. 12, different, 12 different types. I know it's not Netflix, but you know what I mean? Like that type of yeah. show – um, and, and you don't have to go to the movies, you know, you get that same quality at your house and you get 12 hours of it. So, um, all the big time actors, all the, you know, are even going into it. So I think, you know, I kind of think that's the way, um, that that's going and it's because of that. And I, I don't think that, you know, the big movies going to the movies will be, be back uh, soon. Although they are trying, I just went to a movie for the first time in like eight months and the movie theater I went to is, is doing like a monthly deal like Netflix is. It's like, yeah. I don't remember what it was, 20 bucks, and you can go watch as many movies as you want that month. See, I wish they came out with that when I was in college because I would have I owned the heck out of that. Huh, yeah, right. we, we always had to, like, wait, and you just go, you do the, the cheap theater. So I remember a couple times. Like, the, dollar, I know, the dollar theaters? Yeah, you go to the dollar theater. So I had, like, a couple of buddies, like, hey, we'll go to the cheap theater. So, like, I think the first movie I went to in one of those was, Dude, Where's My Car? And that was, like, the, that was like the worst movie I've ever seen. But I'm, I'm, like, actually sitting there, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm glad it's the cheap theater. I spent two bucks on this movie, and it's like, yeah, this movie sucks, but it's only two bucks. <laughs> it was two bucks? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Coach Mackey, I, I think that's um, getting back to, to a little bit. Um, yeah, we got sidetracked there. It's fine. <laughs> so, hey, that's what we do. That's right. Uh, air raid or, or spread or whatever you know it, it seems to be going more away from the air raid of when it was Kingsbury and it was Leach and it was you know Mummy and all those guys and, it, and it's become more like you you know the the teams that are winning now seems to be going more towards the the Bryles tree uh, if you will spread it out to run it um, taking some shots you know throwing, throwing whatever RPOs I, I would assume but then also taking some shots downfield and they get uh, one of their freakazoid receivers, uh, if they want to pack the box to stop the run, um, they're going to figure out where their matchup is and, and try to hit that guy. I'm sure I'm oversimplifying it um, as an offensive lineman, but, um, you know, that's where you more see, the, uh, to me, where the spread teams are going. I, I agree. They're, they're kind of taking more after Bryles, yes, but, I mean, Bryles, how many people actually know that offense? He is like the John Jenkins of this generation where he doesn't tell a damn person what in the world they're doing. Oh, it, it, dude, it, well, Montgomery at, at Tulsa, I mean, he, he had to like basically do an FBI background check on you if you want to just walk in the building. Really? Oh, dude, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. We had, there was former players. I mean, now he was nice to him and stuff like that, but he's like, hey, I don't, I don't know you. I don't want you sitting in on meetings. See, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. They're tight-lipped. I really want to go see one of them practices. See, y'all y'all get them all, man. I, I'm down in SEC country where they just get in the eye and just smash people. <laughs> I, I know that's right we up y'all's alley, but 
I want to exactly. I I really want. I want to go to Houston and see how they're installing it because Kendall is there. I mm-hmm. want to go to Tulsa because I want to see what Montgomery's doing. To me, that is the offense. And and every time I try to reach out to just anyone, they I get stonewalled. Like coach, I could tell you, but uh, I don't want to lose my membership card. <laughs> and I'm you like, go. You got you got guys like like Brendan Marion over there at uh, what is he? Is it Howard? He might be a guy you could go see. I mean, he yes. was a former Tulsa guy, but he's – I think he's more Malzahn-ish and in some of the stuff he does, but it would be pretty similar. And then I think the other one you could probably go hit would be Florida Atlantic. I don't, I don't think Kiffin's, Kiffin's too uh, far off because he had uh, Kendall running it all for him last year. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I looked at that. I was like, I want to – maybe in the spring break, spring break's coming up, I want to go see that. Man, it's like 10 hours. There's no way in hell I'm, I'm driving 10 hours all the way down Florida, the coast of Florida. To Come get on, there. man. I know. I know. A1A, let's go. <laughs> I know. I know. I need to. I, and honestly, if he was like, yeah, come on, I'll tell you everything, I'd, I'd be like, baby, I love you. But I'll be gone for a whole week. <laughs> but I also, I also see a lot of teams going for the, uh, the Malzahn and the um, Chad Morris offense. Now, I want to ask y'all, because y'all are a lot smarter than me, what's the difference between the two? Because I know, I know Morris learned it from Malzahn, but it seems just a little bit different. I can't quite put my finger on it. Well, let's see. When I got to Tulsa, we were running kind of a, a bastardized version of Morris's offense because Blankenship had worked for Chad, and he, he'd worked for Gus too. But those two had kind of kind of morphed those two things together. So Chad's was obviously something he'd brought from Lake Travis, and then you know learned his stuff from from Gus. So he kind of had his tweaks. Very, very similar, I would say, in the run game. Very, very similar tempo-wise. I would say Gus wanted to go a lot faster than he did. Oh, okay. But I would say I would say Morris was maybe a little bit more refined in the pass game would, would kind of be the, the way I would say it. And, again, that, that was me just kind of learning it, it secondhand. Um, they both, both based everything on inside zone and then uh, one back power. So those were the, the two run plays that are running off of it. And then honestly, I would say, too, Chad had probably been the first to imp- implement more of the RPO stuff. Okay. So, so getting some of the you know, second-level read, third-level RPO stuff, that, that was about what I could see, whereas Gus was more of a tempo-driven guy, run-the-ball-first kind of guy, and then take play-action shots off of it, and, and probably more of a running QB guy, to be honest. Okay. Because I, I, that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to know if I sounded stupid. But it looked to me like Chad, Coach Morris, threw it a little bit more than yeah, Coach but, Malzahn. I mean, you, you go back and you look at you know guys like Dave Johnson and, and the dudes that they did have at Tulsa, they were still throwing it for over 4,000 yards. So, oh, they put up video game numbers. I, I could kind of be talking out of my ass to a little bit, but I would say <laughs> – <laughs> I, I would say that was probably more geared towards the guys that he had. You know, I think I think Gus was pretty smart about okay, these guys can really sling it. Let's throw it a little bit more. And he also had a lot of weapons on the perimeter. When they when he got to Auburn, let's see, Cam Newton. Yeah, I'm going to run that guy. Oh, heck. You know? so I mean, it, it it obviously had to be a deal where it was dependent upon the personnel that he had. So. He could do both, but I, I think if he had his wish, and obviously when he got to, to SEC land, he could get the dudes he wanted, he, we're going to smash people and throw play action. Okay. 
All right. Well, y'all are smarter than me, and I'm going to take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if it'd be smarter. I think it's just we, I got lucky, and I, somebody probably told me about it at some point. <laughs> uh, C- Coach Mackey, um, do you, are you uh, not really uh, sure? Are you guys uh, do you do do you do a lot of up tempo stuff uh, oh, with yes. your offense? Um, and and kind of segueing off of that, that that's kind of the thing that I would like to try to implement into our offense right now, and it's something that we're looking at. But um, we had someone coming from Arkansas, and I think it's kind of from the Gus Malzon tree a little bit. Uh, at walls, I could be wrong, but um, you know, of being able to go at your normal tempo, maybe not that not with Malzon, but and then having a one word play formation everything you say that you line up in, in whatever personnel and, and you run that one formation that one play using that one word I, I know Arkansas came in last year um, you know with their old staff and said they did a little bit of that and it was really successful for them so um, what kind of tempo do you guys have coach and do you have any of those one word uh, for play and formation um, I, I stole this saying from Coach Morris when he was at Clemson. Uh, I want my coach to say, whoa, not go. So I, I am going really, really fast. Now, we have had – I've put in one-word plays, and since I'm such a nerd, I've called them things like Thor and, and, and Hulk. <laughs> there we go. You know, that, because I, I just love Marvel uh, comics, and we've now, put them in. Now, but, tell me this. You don't, you, don't, you don't call a pass play Hulk, do you? No, no, and see, that's okay, the good, thing. Okay, good. I've never one word. <laughs> I've never one word a uh, a pass. Most of it is just a run, a pin and pull, or an inside zone. Okay. But most of the time, my one words is we run inside zone and we get twenty five. And again, I, I stole this from Clemson because my head coach played at Clemson my head coach and my defensive coordinator they're both were recruited by coach Sweeney perfect and um one of the the uh grad assistants who's now transitioning into one of the many jobs that college coaches have now I actually played with him in uh in high school he played at Clemson he played a a couple of years in the pros so I've I've talked to him a couple of times and um I've gotten the the do it again you know, so we score 20 or we, we run the ball 20 yards. I'm just screaming out the keyword. And for us, it was banjo, which means run that same damn play again because it was so good. So everyone just runs up to the line, gets set, and we go again. So even though we practice one word, I never really got into it because my thinking is, oh, that play did really well. Let's do it again. And if it, it, and if it does well that second time, well, let's do it again. <laughs> you know, sure. I'm going to keep doing it. I, I, yeah. I kind of take the mental, mentality of when I played Madden. I don't know how big Madden or NCAA game, gamers y'all were. Big time. Yeah. I was a big Madden. I still, other than now we started the podcast, I have zero time. But normally in the offseason, I, I got into Madden uh, quite a bit. Not, not so much this year, but I was, I was a Madden guy. Yeah, and I I've, inexplicably every year around August, the first of the month, I get really sad, and then I find out it's because there's no more NCAA football. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and a single tear rolls down my cheek because that I, I put probably a thousand hours into it. Easily. But what but what I'm trying to get at is you know when you play and you, you you're playing your buddies and all of a sudden you just gash them. You're holding that triangle button because you're running the same damn thing again and they're screaming at you talking about how cheesy you are. You're running the same play and I can't stop it. Well, I've I've taken that mentality and I've just applied it to the real football. 
So I'm going to keep running the same thing over and over again until you actually stop it. And then if you do, I'm going to run it that, that same play to the other side. Because I, yeah. I, I don't know where I got it. I read it from a coach that says if they stop you going to the left, then run the same play going to the right. And then if they there, stop you going to the right, then run it one more time going to the left just to see if they're that good. There's a, there's a ton of merit to all that, too, because when you know, we've had defensive guys on, and, and I study the other side as much as I study offense. So a guy like Venables, you know, one of your, your dudes down there at Clemson, he says the same thing. He's like, a lot of mistakes that offensive coordinators make is, is they're gashing you with something and they go away from it. Because yeah. it's, it's almost like guys are paranoid play callers and they're, oh, man, they're going to pick up on it. Now they're going to stop it. Well, make them stop it. Exactly. Make them make that adjustment. Make them stop it. And then now once you know they've overcommitted to it or they've talked about it and they stopped it, any, any good coordinator, it's like you said, okay, we'll run it the other way. Or I've got a, a counter play that I'm going to run off of that as part of my series. So exactly. It, you got to have constraints. And, and that's another thing that Tempo does. It, it helps mm-hmm. you simplify the playbook so that you really don't need your call sheet because you're calling it all throughout practice. You know, you, you structure practice like some days. One day at practice, you're doing all your gold line stuff. So mm-hmm. like 40 and in. So you're calling those all over and over and over again. The next day you're going from the 10 and out. So you know what plays you want to hit up going that way. And then Wednesday it's everything and so is Thursday. Or Wednesday is third downs. so you're calling all your third downs. And then Thursday it's a review, but you're hitting them all up. So on game day on Friday it's like studying for a test. Yeah. We've, all, we've all known that feeling, right, where you, you really try hard. You go into a test and you sit down and the teacher hands it to you and you're like, Shit, yeah, man. I'm going to ace this. I know every yeah. single one of these questions. Yeah, and that's, dude, how I, I, that's how I look at football, at play calling-wise. You're, you're speaking my language, man, because when I, I called it from the booth, you know, and, and you talked about video games. To me, it felt like a video game up there. Yeah. Because I, I, could, I could see the whole field. I could see things happening. I could see adjustments. You know, you could see guys talking, guys that are tired. I, I just think you, you can't see that on the sideline. At least I couldn't. You know, maybe there's some guys that can't. Um, but, but I think you'd have the same thing. I'd have my call sheet up there, but most of the time I wouldn't have to script it. I wouldn't know. I, I was just kind of calling it off the cuff, and I'm just kind of rolling. You know, okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll tempo it here. Maybe I'll, you know, we'll slow it down a little bit here. Maybe I'll, I'll rosy it here so I can take a look at it. But. I just think kind of once you get in that zone, it's like you said, I, I know what I want to do. I've got a good plan, and I, and I want to just see how it unfolds. If I need to adjust, I adjust. If it doesn't, cool, I, I'm going I'm to keep rolling. Yeah, I, I don't think there's no greater feeling, and I mean for anything. You can take your mind wherever you want to go, but I think there's no greater feeling than being on that sideline. You call a play, and you know what the defense did to stop it. You know the counter to it, and you know that that counter is going to score and you call it, and then you go, touchdown, fellas, and it actually happens. <laughs> now, it doesn't happen a lot. I, I've said a lot of times touchdowns, and we've gotten a sack or, or you know, a stop for no game. But that one in 100 time that it actually works, it is the greatest feeling in the world. Coach, you also talk about the, the, the tempo part of it. You know, the cool part, I think, is, is – and we talked to Seymour, who's a defensive coordinator, um, and the, it's nice you see – you know, a third down package come out for a defense. Now that's their their skinny guys, and they got three down linemen and a bunch of a bunch of uh, fast guys out there. You complete the first down. Now, you, like you said, you're jamming that triangle button. You're going fast now. Now they can't sub anybody out, and you've got exactly who you want on the field with your guys against um, you know a, a speed package. And and it's another thing that I'm really 
looking forward to um, looking at and using uh, as well so we can try to keep some of their uh, speed packages out there against, you know, um, some of our better personnel. No, you're absolutely right. That actually helped us last year in the playoff game. We were first round in the playoffs. We're playing a team that we sh- everyone was saying we're going to get blown out. And we actually we, we fell down 14 to nothing. So everyone's like, oh, crap, we're going to lose. Well, we started coming back, and it was a critical moment. It was like third and three. And even if you're a spread team for the defensive coordinators, they always assume third and three, you're going to run the ball. So they, they switched out. They, they actually put, like, instead of small dudes, they put really big guys in there. Hmm. And they packed the box in, and we just threw a little stick route, <laughs> you know, like a four-little hitch. And I was like, damn, why are they all in the box? Let's just go ahead and just throw it out there to our, to our other guy. We got the first down, and then we immediately went tempo. And they had their big dudes that some of them actually played offense. So, like, started on their offense. Wow. So, yeah, it really so got we were, <laughs> we were gashing them, gashing them. And then, all of a sudden, I, we were able just to hit an inside zone where they were – we took advantage of their being tired, and they stood straight up, and my guys just railroaded them. And we, we squirted, like, a 25-yard touchdown because they made that adjustment thinking, you know, they're going to stop us. And then we got the first down and just immediately hit up tempo. So, I, th- I love it, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. Have you all ever done tempo? Um, yeah, we've done a little bit of tempo yeah. and we've worked it. And then, and honestly, I, you know, I did it in college. I, I played at Houston. So we were all, oh, heck yeah. And, heck yeah. Um, yeah, both of them, you know, both. it, it made me, um, it, it made me really not very nice to people that, uh, got injured in games because, um, <laughs> uh, the alleged, allegedly Tulsa, you know, I don't want to call coach walls out, but <laughs> no, they did it. We did tried, it. <laughs> uh, fake injury to, to slow us down. So, um, I'm not real proud of it right now, and I wouldn't tell anyone else to do this, but I was pretty ruthless to the guys that were down on the ground, and a few of them, they had real injuries, but I was not very nice to those guys because it really made me angry. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so y'all, are, y'all are telling me right now that some of those are fake because I, I've noticed watching some games, I'm like, that dude was just sitting there just walking, and all of a sudden he fell down. There's no way he's that legit hurt. No, there, there's, there's defensive coordinators that have a call for that. Okay. Trust, trust me. Okay. Yeah. It, there's no doubt about it. And they don't want to burn a timeout. No, there's, smart. there's abs- absolutely no doubt about it. And it is smart. No doubt. <laughs> but I, I still hated it. I hated it so much. And, <laughs> and I was really, really mean to those guys on the ground. I was saying all sorts of awful things that I would never say again and never tell anyone to say, but um, I was not very nice to those uh, injured guys. Uh, don't feel bad. Don't yeah. Feel bad. Yeah. Hey, one of the cool things we did in practice, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what you guys do to help speed it up, but one of the things that I never thought of, and I got into college, and, and obviously we're an up-tempo uh, team really, really fast at the time. I think one of the fastest – I think we were the fastest tempo team at that time. I don't know now what it is. but um, And one of the things that they made sure they did at practice was receivers had to throw it to the, uh, the referee every time, right? So – Every time yep. we got tackled or touched down or whatever, it wasn't throw the ball down or give it to a coach. It was every time we had someone in a striped shirt and they were getting it to that ref so that way we could go faster. Something that I had never thought of, um, you know, until I was at somewhere where that's all I wanted to do was go fast. Uh, is there any little things like that that you guys try to do or, or that you make it an emphasis on in practice or even in the game to, to help you guys go even faster? 
Yeah, we, we do that that same thing. If our kids don't hand, we don't have jerseys because we're we're we're, we're kind of poor. <laughs> but we designate <laughs> one of the coaches as being in the refs. So if they don't, whatever it happens, a run, a catch, anything, if that that person doesn't toss the ball to him or hand it, he has to come off. We have another coach that makes him do up downs because we really want to stress. No, you're you're taking time away because we really want to go fast. Another one is regardless of what. If it's seven-on-seven, team, inside, or whatever, let's say there's a long run or there's a long throw over 20 yards. If it's a throw, 10 yards. If it's a run, that person comes out, next person comes in. And the reason why we do that is, is it keeps us going fast, and also it makes those guys on the sideline in practice actually pay attention because you never know what's going to happen in a game. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. yeah. So, so we do that. Um, we do on-air at least two times and actually I, coming up spring I'm doing three times on air where we just spot the ball and, and our our plays have like three or four different options you know you got the gift you got the key screen or the hitches you got the run so we're going to do that three times and another one is I went back on film and this is something you have to really pay attention to is your your splits for your wide receivers if you're going fast, they kind of tend like like big guys. If they get tired, you know they get t- closer and closer. They don't want to get their splits. At least you know our our offensive linemen. Well, right. the same thing happens for the wide receivers. They keep getting closer and closer. So the next thing you know, you're in a compressed set, going fast. And you're like, what What in the world is going on? So what I'm going to do is we're going to put the ball down, and you just got to run up there and get set on your landmarks wherever the ball is. Then blow the whistle, put it 10 yards more down the field, and then they have to run and set up like that. So everything's on air just to get them used to the speed and where they have to line up. I assume you guys don't flip receivers either. You got left side and right side. Right. And I actually call it the L and the R because I'm an yep. idiot. And I don't know. No, that's fine. I don't know what a Z and an, and an L. I mean, a Z and a Y and all that stuff. So we got, a, we got an L and an R. They stay L and an R. We got an F, and we call that our really flipping fast guy. Yep, <laughs> and then we call it a Y. Is that's my uh, my tip of the hat to the air rate. Yeah, and the yeah, you're, you're taller, probably your taller, taller hybrid type dude. Yep. So we we do the same thing, but uh, you know our guys still call it X and Z, and that always bothered me because I coach receivers now, and I'm like, well, how does he know if it's X or Z? I mean, the guys never flip, you know. <laughs> so I guess it's it's X if it's the single, you know. But I'm like, well, what if it's two by two? Well, then it's the strength hat. I'm like. Man, that's too much thinking. So, I mean, really to me, is. to me, L and R, that, that makes a, a lot of sense. You know, I, I, I like that honestly better. And, you know, uh, Morris's and Malzahn's scheme, those, they just numbered their receivers. Which so, I like, think is smart as well. Yeah, so he's like, he's playing the nine, he's playing the three, he's playing the five. And, and we'd kind of done something similar. We just, had, we just had right and left formation, right? And, and guys knew where to line up in right and left, obviously. And then we just had one number for the formation that would just tell the the slot dude. So your F it would tell him where to line up. So if he heard four right, five right, six right, he would know where to line up. Everyone else knew where to line up in right. It made it it made it super fast. And again, it's just one one hand signal, and only one dude had to know where to line up. So people were like, "Man, you you know you want to have one one word signals? I could still do a formation quickly, and then still be able to run whatever play you wanted." So I like I like being able to do that too. Yeah, it, it just makes sense. I I look at it as how can we simplify it as a coach because we are thinking about this a lot more than the kids. So yeah. if it's confusing for us, then it, it it's definitely going to be confusing to the kids. So uh, how about simplify it for that. us? Then it'll be really simple for the kids. 
I, yeah. I don't hear enough people say that, that and they don't understand it. And they say, Oh man, these kids, they just don't understand. It doesn't mean much to them. And you're like, well, how much did you really think about the, the scheme of football when you were a kid, even if you thought about football, zero, time, it probably exactly. wasn't the scheme of it. You know, that, zero, dude. Never. That's all you're doing as a coach. But those kids don't care about the scheme. They want to go out there and play football. You know, so so I love I love what you said, coach, about that. I don't think enough people think of that. And then, hey, if there's something easy like let's just call it L and R, well, let's do it. We don't have to call it X and Z because that's what it's always been called. Yeah, exactly. they don't know who Bill. They don't know who Bill Walsh is anyway. No, <laughs> no not but, at all. But, but I mean, you know, and I asked the kids that. So I mean, Harp, you say, you know, I asked them, I'm like, guys, do you think there's a better way to do this? And every single one of them to a man was like, coach, this number system be easy. Leave this. This is simple. And then when we put in the word system, so they knew it was, you know, a slot or movement. So R and L. Oh, okay, cool. That means I'm in slot. I mean, it, they're like, coach, this is, this is really easy. They picked up on it in like a week. But if they wanted to change it and say something else, I, I would have scrapped the whole thing said all right what do we always want to call it you know but you know you listen to your players all of a sudden they feel like they got ownership you know exactly. it becomes their offense and it is their offense it ain't my offense it's theirs they're the ones playing they're the ones having fun with it and you can get that buy-in dude you you call it whatever the hell you want it's gonna work exactly my my only caveat as a as a play call is they have to have an l and r in it so it tells them which way to go <laughs> I love that. That's what we, we, we do we do the same thing <laughs> That's something I can't it say the guys so are talking. Yeah, like strong. It's going strong. Okay, now I have to spend two days teaching them what strong means. Exactly. Well, coach, what if we don't have a tight end? Damn it. I knew it. You know? I mean, it, yeah. it, And honestly, it's, it's actually for me because when I get in the call, the game sometimes, I get kind of dyslexic. I am like partially dyslexic the hell, at first. And then sometimes I'll say something and my quarterback knows I mean something else. That's how he's like my second son. And he's like, coach, man, you mean it this way. I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. We're wasting time. <laughs> Good, go call play. it, damn it. <laughs> no, that's, coach, what, that's what yeah. we and Walls did. You know, we had iron yeah. and ill, right? So iron is inside zone right because it starts with an I. And ill, <laughs> Illinois is inside zone left. And it was really easy. It's whatever. Five left iron, and, and you're rolling. Exactly. I think sometimes we make it too difficult because we want to just be smarter than we actually are, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. No, no, man. I Exactly right. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, naming your plays, you know, with, with an L and an R, and then having, having something with the name that tells them the scheme – I think they learn it faster, you know, and people could say, Oh, they'll, they'll learn numbers. Eventually. Yeah, I think they will, but I think they learn it faster. If you're calling it words, I just, I just think kids from the experience that I've had, they, they learn things much, much faster that way. And who, who wants to, who wants to keep spending time to teach something? I want to learn it now. Okay. Let's get into the technique of this stuff. Exactly. And I'm, I'm going to let y'all in on something. I'm a math teacher. These kids don't know numbers. <laughs> no, Dude, I, I'm, I'm telling you right I now. When I know numbers. I, I teach chemistry, and I tell them, hey, we have to do a little bit of math. I mean, do they start throwing stuff at me? <laughs> yeah, it's like a mutiny. Yeah. We got to do math and science, too. I know. That <laughs> sucks. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, okay, okay, then I'm like, okay, you want me to use variables instead? Then they really start throwing stuff oh, at me. <laughs> I, I try to tell my kids, listen, when you get in the higher level math, like I didn't, I didn't go to school to be a teacher. I, I got a dual degree in computer science and mathematics. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, bachelors. I don't know what the hell I'm doing teaching in football. Because it's way more fun. Exactly. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but I try to tell the kids, I said, when you get into high level math, there's no numbers, man. It's like you're freaking writing a paper. It's just nothing but variables. And that blows their mind. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, oh, God, you're just solving for X right here. <laughs> That's it. You're not trying to write a dissertation on some, some 1600 mathematician right now. I got a coach and his, uh, his son's not very good at math. You know, he, he makes really good grades, but he's, you know, whatever he's in eighth grade, I think, and sixth, seventh, eighth grade, he's made all age except for whatever it is in math. And he just doesn't understand math. And, you know, the coach is, is up, you know, not upset about it, but trying to figure it out. And I said, yeah, probably not a very good teacher moment of me, but I said, Hey coach, why don't you care? Why do you care? Just get him a really expensive calculator and tell him not to do anything with math in his, in his life. <laughs> it's kind of like don't try to fix your weaknesses just enhance your strengths exactly right (laughs) he's obviously not great with math so don't find a job in math and you're good and now you've you've saved your life so much stress okay get through math and get really good at something else i know not going to be an accountant not going to be an actuary (laughs) i mean just start eliminating stuff man isn't that what it's supposed to be right it's a process of elimination here you're not going to do thirty-five thousand jobs you're going to do one Exactly. Right. Let's eliminate some of these jobs. That's what it I, makes it easier for college if you go to college. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I listen to, to Gary V a lot on, uh, you know, his podcasts and his uh, YouTube videos. But, um, you know, and that's one of the things that he talks about. And, and that's one of the things that I've tried to do with football. Obviously, you got you to gotta strengthen some of your weaknesses and you can't completely ignore them. But Find what you're really good at. Find what you're good at as a team. And, he, you know, he says triple down on it. Get really, really good. And, and it makes it fun, too. You know, that's what's fun is doing things you're really good at. Now let's get really, really good at those. And, and if you're beating your head against the wall to get just decent at something else, I mean, I don't know. Number one, it's, it's not going to be very enjoyable. Number two, you, you may never be very good at it. I completely agree, man. You, you, you're in my head. Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, coach, with, with the up-tempo um, offense that you run, I've, I've got to imagine that, um, you know, off-season strength and conditioning, uh, you know, the conditioning part of that has to be a, a major factor. It wasn't college anyways. You know, our whole strength program was designed around us being able to run an up-tempo offense, and we did some really creative things in the off-season to get us ready to uh, practice. Now, were we completely ready for practice? No, you never are with that offense until you start doing it. But, um, you know, we, we had some really creative off seasons because we needed to get ourselves ready to run that offense. So kind of curious, what, what do you guys do as far as strength and conditioning to set yourselves up for that type of offense? Um, in the weight room, our coaches do a great job. I'm, the, I'm not a weight room guy. I'm going to be honest. Like we're talking about strength and weaknesses. I know the core lifts. But, you know, all the scientific stuff, uh, that's not me. Um, that, that's my head coach. We, we do whistle stuff, so we're always working in tempo and getting ready. It's not like lift and then wait eight hours until we hit up that second set. Every conditioning that we do, we really have gotten away from just straight-up sprints, and we try to incorporate um, – oh, what's, my, what's my thinking – right now i just drew a blank we try to incorporate change of direction yes thank you as you can tell i don't know that much about (laughs) that kind of stuff but uh drills it has to correlate to what we do out on the field 
Um, there's not really that much rest. We maybe get about 10 to 15 seconds because that's kind of how much we want, at least offensively, when we want to snap the ball. Right. So, and then also we, we're doing a lot of change of directions. I mean, shuttle drills, we, we're trying to do, I'm, I'm stealing drills off of Twitter that I see a lot of good strength and conditioning coaches are doing. And then I will like just retweet, retweet him or subtweet him or whatever it is the kids call now. So he can see like that. (laughs) Don't don't at me, bro. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And his whole thing is, okay, we want to go fast. So how do we do that? What are the good college teams doing that are going fast? And how can we do the same thing at the high school level? I'm excited to go see that because I'm actually heading to Nebraska this weekend. Ooh, so it's all the old, all the old UCF guys and Coach Duvall's there. Coach Duvall was actually at Nebraska when I was going to school there. So I'm, I'm anxious to sit down with him and just kind of see how, you know how they're doing their metabolic circuits and, and things like that. So Coach Mackey, I'll uh, I'll give you the uh, the please Cliff do. Notes version when I get please, back, brother. Please, <laughs> absolutely. I'm on it. I'm jealous. <laughs> you should be we, we got we got we got pretty lucky on this one because i mean uh coach nelson our our head coach now and it was just the latest podcast we had he actually coached with coach frost at uh northern iowa he coached with uh shenander at Nor- northern iowa he was actually his tight ends coach he's the dc now uh javon dewitt we know ryan held from from neo when he was in oklahoma so it, it's it's been a pretty the stars have kind of aligned for us because now we know five or six guys and you know, obviously they're they're relatively tight lipped about it too because you know they're the Oregon tree. Yeah. So they they kind of the same way with with Chip Kelly, but we we have a bit of an end down there. So I'm I'm anxious to get up there and, and take some notes and learn some stuff. Golly, man, stop bragging, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to piss Har- I just want to piss Harper off too. <laughs> no, see that that's why uh, that's why the pro style offense is better too, Coach, because th- those coaches are are so much <laughs> more open. You know, that, you whatever you want to know, you want to come down now. Other than Stanford, I've heard they are not so open. They're they're kind of tight lipped and want to. But hey, if you want to go down to North Dakota State, they, they'll tell you everything you need to know. They, they don't. I don't think they have to tell a whole lot. You know, but uh, they're, yeah. they're not so tight lipped. They're they're all about it. They'll they'll tell you, you know, what what you need to know. Well yeah, played. All, nice little dig right there, man. Nice little all dig. these <laughs> all these spread communists, man. We got to get to have the KGB to get in there. Yeah, yeah. You ain't lying, man. No, it, it, that is, you know, that's, that's kind of crazy, but, um, you know, it makes sense. And, and coach, I'm sure you, you've studied it and I've heard it from um, our offensive coordinator right now at, at Broken Arrow, but he's been studying a lot of the Eagles, especially in the playoffs. And he said, uh, you know, he made the comment today to me that um, it's the, it's the most college looking offense he's ever seen in the NFL. So kind of curious, have you had a chance to study uh, the Eagles playoff run? And, and have you seen that, that same thing? Okay, I, I'm gonna sound like a vindictive ex-girlfriend, but <laughs> but watching it, it looks like Chip Kelly's offense without the tempo, and it drives me up the wall because no one's giving him credit. Yeah. No one is giving him credit. It, it, I'm and I I used to be a huge Eagles fan until they got rid of him, and I was like, one bad season, and then all of a sudden you're just getting rid of everybody. And maybe y'all know more than me because y'all like the NFL a lot more than I do. I'm more of a college guy, but yep. Did he have the same players? Were the same players that Chip Kelly brought in on the Eagles? Because I really don't know. Um, he kind of he kind of gutted a lot of those guys. I think that was what was kind of kind of rubbing people the wrong way, from what exactly. it sounded like. But didn't 
didn't gutting those guys get the cap to sign the people that are there now? Or Probably did. Just, or, <laughs> like, it seemed to me like he was trying to be a Belichick before winning like Belichick. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. It, it, it had nothing – honestly, it would have nothing to do with, you know, scheme-wise or, or play-wise. I think a lot of it just kind of it, – it had run its course. You know, it, discourse within the team, guys getting cut, I mean, from, from what it sounded like. I know that – Dave was telling me some of that stuff, uh, Harp, because obviously he had, he had guys back in, in Philly. You know, that's, that's, that was where his head coach played for a long time. So I think he was just rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, whether it was management or players. It okay. sounds like what it kind of came down to, but you're exactly right. I mean, offensively, very, very similar I mean, to what he was trying to do. Freaking Nick Foles, and when Chip was there, everyone was calling him a dumbass for having Nick Foles. I don't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> it really made me mad, so I didn't watch him. <laughs> well, that, that makes sense then. Uh, are yeah. you excited to watch uh, Kelly now in, in college? You were damn right, man. <laughs> I am. St- Stoked. I, I am I am Googling. I have a Google alert for Chip Kelly. So every time someone writes an article, you know that I'm stalking. It gets sent straight to my email and I, I devour it, man. I love him. I, I'm kind of curious to see how he does it because to me it seems like uh, Scott Frost actually took in his offense and made it better. Mm-hmm. So what's he going to do now? Because I know uh, he's been hitting up a lot of the triple option teams. And that's something looking at it that a lot of people really didn't know is it seemed like he he loved the triple option more than the through the he threw the ball. Like I know he threw the ball well, but he really loved running the ball. Yeah, no, they 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 would always predicate everything on running the ball. I mean, Oregon exactly. was always Oregon was always like a top top ten rushing offense. And the reason I think it was, and it was only from one little bit of film I watched in college, so I could be completely wrong, but I saw a lot of actually. I know you think of, you know I know everyone thinks of Oregon as speed receivers. I saw them have some big receivers, and they were getting after it downfield blocking. And that oh, was Scott. Always getting. Always that was Scott Frost. Exactly. <laughs> Scott Scott Frost. I'm telling you, Scott Frost was a receiver coach, and you listen to him talk about it. The first thing he'll talk about in any coach's clinic is is wide receiver blocking, and he'll say everything starts there. I know Harp, you and I had had talks about that, but if if you have receivers that won't block, that becomes a cancer on your team that grows a lot, because I know offensive linemen like you, Harp, you hate those guys. Yeah, like he's a prima donna. All he wants to do is catch touchdowns. He complains in the huddle. He bitches all the time. He won't block anybody. I hate that guy. It just creates an instant division. Whereas if you got guys that are tough, that'll go up and make big plays for you on third down, and then they're blocking the hell out of people. All of a sudden, now offensive line, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of like this guy. He blocks safeties. You know, <laughs> he goes and, and we get yards and we actually throw the ball out there. Okay, yeah, I like this guy. So I, I think it's it's a huge dynamic. And he said the same thing. And he teaches receiver blocking as well as anyone. Well, shoot, he played at Nebraska. That's all the, his receivers did. Exactly. I mean, all, all of his best friends were, were walk-on dudes from Nebraska that learned how to roll block people really, really well. <laughs> and that's how they got on the field. So it's the same thing that he teaches. It's the same mentality. He's got some cool cut-ups of, of block stuff that those guys did to people. It was, it was almost like prison film a couple times. I yeah. felt bad for some of those DBs. It was great. You know, we actually went to it because I was sick of our, our wide receivers not blocking. 
So toward the end of last year, they had 10 minutes on the sleds. I had my wide, our wide receiver coach took them down to the six man sled and they just got after it for 10 minutes. And there were some times where he, we were going seven on seven and we would scrap it because he was like, coach, that, that was piss poor. Can we have seven on seven? I was like, hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm sick of them not blocking, especially on key screens. It's like, you got to block on key screens. I don't understand it. Yeah. No, otherwise, why, why are we running the play? Exactly. Harper will tell me to hand it off, and I'll agree with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I try to tell him, listen, I'm on your side, guys, but if you can't block, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting my ass chewed over and over again by the head coach. I would just hand the ball off and yeah. just live to play another day. And I think that really resonates with, with people, Coach. I mean, when you, can, when you can really be honest with these kids, uh, it's what I've seen in the very limited amount of time I've had as a coach, you know, going on four years is that – when you can be honest and when you can tell them something honest like that, hey, guys, I'm all for you guys and I want to throw it. But, look, if you don't get this done, we're not going to be able to do it and we're not going to do it. And that, that to me, in these last four years is, has seen uh, the, the most improvement from what I need is, is when I just tell them kind of honest and straight up what's going on. Oh, you're absolutely right. I, I think kids, especially nowadays, they have a finely tuned bullshit detector. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they can just, they, they can zero, hone through it and they can be like, you're full of shit. I, I don't believe you. And I find that when you're actually more honest with them, like almost brutally honest, like really mean, they actually respect you more. They're like, coach, coach isn't BSing me, man. I, I completely understand it. Coach is keeping it real. Exactly. You know, I tell them when they do good and I tell them when they do bad and they respect that. I'm not one of those people like, I love you no matter what. It's like, nah, man, sometimes your shit stinks. You got to get, you got to get better at it. <laughs> I, dude, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think kids again, we, we, it's been a recurring theme on, on all of our talks, you know, good kids, if guys want to be great and want to be good, they want to be coached hard. You know, they don't, they don't want someone that just comes out there and agrees with them. It's like, Hey, hopefully, hopefully we do well today. And I hope you guys have fun. It's like, no, coach, I want to be really good. And they want you to push them. And at the same time, when, when they make a huge play, you're the first guy there celebrating with them. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's how we do it. That's what I expect from you all the time. Great play. So no one goes out there wanting to suck. And that's, you know, yeah. right. Yeah. Coach, I, I don't want to assume anything about your offense. Uh, do you guys run uh, quite a few RPOs as well? Uh, to be honest, we aren't as simple as we are. We, we have key screens and I really don't consider that an RPO. I know that might be a little sacrilegious, but <laughs> on, on our key screens, it's, it's, we're reading the end first. If the end jets up the field, then I'm, we're just handing the ball off. Cause yeah. you, just, you know, we're not blocking you. So run up the field. If he takes the run, then the quarterback pulls it, and then he's running the throw. So, to me, that's like the triple option. It's just right. my pitch yes. is a little bit further out. Um, we hmm. only have one RPO, and that's just like a snag route. If I'm reading a, uh, an inside linebacker since, you know, this year or last year, we were just strictly four wide receivers. This year, I'm looking into more little H-back because, again, like I said, I – I study Tulsa and, right. and all that, and they're about 80, 85% H back. And I realized that's so you can block their six, the defensive six against with your six. So you can read that seventh. I'm not, nope. I'm not as smart. I know a lot of people figure that out way sooner than I did. <laughs> but, 
when we did have an RPO, I was just tagging a wide receiver to just run a snag route one yard behind the the linebacker we were reading. So everybody knew who we were reading because we didn't have that many plays. And if that guy flowed over the top, because it was usually an outside run, then my quarterback would just pull it and throw it. So we were saying, if he flows, you throw. It, it's that simple. Ain't that tough. No, it really isn't. <laughs> it's it's funny that it's, it's all evolved to this because, honestly, you know, we, we had messed with some of this back in 2007 when I, when I was at Augustan. We had a couple of plays, and it was probably more like the, the Holgerson, um, you know, stick draw stuff. Yeah, we we kind of just stumbled upon it because we we'd had a couple of draws we'd run out of it, but it's the same thing. It's like, okay, this sixth guy in the box, we we can't really account for him. How can we do that? Well, rather than blocking him, we just run stick behind him. So if if they do if the dude played the run, yeah, we just pull it out of his belly, we throw it. If the guy went and covered the receiver and turned his back, now we could block five on five. So it's funny that it's evolved into to all these different you know terminology, and and now Chris Collinsworth's obviously taken to it to, to a whole new level. Well, it's got a cool new name now. When I was at Houston, uh, they let Case do an RPO every single play. Hey, if you, if you want to throw it out there, chunk it out there. We won't be mad at you. But um, they didn't. They didn't get to call it an RPO. It was just let Case do his thing. Yeah, that must be nice. I, I would love to play with like a, a stud like that. Oh, it, it made everything so much better, and it made the offensive line so much better. I'm telling you, there'd be times we wouldn't touch a defensive end. He he might hit a move on us we literally wouldn't touch him in case to have the ball out uh before we before he ever got there and we didn't give up a sack and we were feeling really good about ourselves <laughs> like we're the guys <laughs> yeah that's right it, and uh and we didn't have to uh you know when it came to run game we didn't have to worry about a whole a whole lot of different uh, fronts or stunts or or anything like that because if there's with case if there's six guys in the box don't worry we're gonna throw it so there's only so many five-man boxes they're going to give you. If there are anything more or even a tough five-man box, Casey's going to throw it to someone fast, and we're going to get rolling. It, <laughs> it makes it so simple. Yeah, that's right. Now, when we didn't have Case, it didn't go as well for us. <laughs> <laughs> and that, it boils down to it's not really about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Oh, that's exactly right. And I get so mad when people say, no, scheme is everything. I'm like, nah, man, if, if I got some dudes on this side. Like when we won the state, we had 12 defensive one guys. Now, some, about half of them were too dumb to go D1, but <laughs> they were like legit D1 to the college. The coaches would come and be like, yeah, he can't qualify. But we could have done anything. Yeah. Any scheme, offense and defensive side, we would have beaten anybody. Sure. And so, it, it to me, it's scheme helps a little bit, but if you got the dudes, you got the dudes, man. Right, and, and depending on what dudes you have, right? I mean, I mean that kind of is what your scheme should probably be set up exactly. on. You, you got a bunch. You got four four guys that um, are really good at, at running and catching, and you got a good quarterback, and you got a small offensive line. Well, you're kind of stupid if you're not in spread, and you have four <laughs> receivers out on the field. Yeah, and if I got Leonard Fournette, I'm going to probably line up and smash you. And I'm just going to hand the ball off to him and act like I'm the greatest offensive coordinator in the world. That's exactly right. <laughs> hand him the ball and let him do whatever. Exactly. So I, I think that is, you know, and, and we laugh about that, but I think that is a big deal and being able to, um, you know, change throughout the year or throughout the years, right? Even if it's not a complete, right, from going from um, no huddle spread to, 
uh, flex bone, even if it's not that change, still being able to do little tweaks in your offense for the kids that you have gets um, especially important in high school, right? Because college, you can recruit the guys that you need, where in high school, you got what you got, and you kind of have to tweak it to what your guys will be good at for that season. Exactly. And that, and I know I like a, a kid that I like to throw the ball a lot, but really our, our scheme that we build everything around is the inside zone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're always going to be able to find a guy that can run the ball. And depending on who you've got, you, you lean one, a couple of years to the pass. And then a couple of years, if you don't really have the quarterback or the wide receivers, you can put another guy in the box. And if you keep the rules consistent, then you just run it a little bit more. That, that, that's my whole philosophy. If you're really good, you can put more stuff in it. If you're really bad, take it out until they, until they uh, master it before you add new stuff. That's usually how we do it every year. And I, th- I think you'll find, too, you'll, you'll have a lot more flexibility when you, when you play with this, that, that hybrid Y that you guys are, are thinking of going to. That's, you know, having a fullback or a move dude like that, even if you know you're not in, in 21, it just – it just adds another gap and there's so many more things you can do with your, your inside zone. Now you can lock the backside and, and block it like ISO. You can start folding. You can start doing some crazy stuff with, with split zone action and, and still folding guys. I mean, it, it adds a lot of, a lot of multiplicity to your guys's game. And it's really just a simple uh, couple calls up front for those guys. And it, and it gives a lot for defense to have to, to really prepare for, especially if you got three guys on the outside that can go, I'm gonna be honest, man. I, I cannot wait till spring ball. I'm I'm marking down days so I can start messing with it. Uh, you'll have a ton of fun, man. That hybrid Y stuff has been coming with the the latest rage. And again, I know UCF's doing a ton of it, so I'm I'm anxious to kind of see some of the new wrinkles that those guys have this weekend. Sorry to rub it in again. I know, guys. It's like you're rubbing <laughs> salt in the wound, man. Not cool. <laughs> well, coach, I know it's getting late, so uh, especially there and. On the East Coast, so um, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. But but I kind of asked this question to everybody on the podcast, so I want to ask you as well. When you're look watching an offensive line on film, um, what's something that they would do that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? Uh, when they mash people, I, I really love good combos. I love it. I, I don't know what it is about it because I'm not really an offensive lineman guy, but when I'm watching film breaking someone down and I see two dudes get hip to hip, their hands are on, on the down defender and their eyes are on that second level, and they seamlessly come, one guy comes off to get the linebacker that's, that's filling or triggering, and the other dude stays on the down lineman. That just makes me really, really excited. And I, I know they do this. That coach coaches the shit out of them on those combos because you really don't find that in high school. You do in college, but in high school, uh, at least where we're at, we really don't see that. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see. I I, I couldn't couldn't agree more with you, coach. Yeah, it's like watching a very very ugly beautiful dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do, man. Yeah. So high fives all around, man. That's right. Well, uh, Coach, we can see you at, right, you have a YouTube channel, a, a podcast. Do you want to, um, you know, kind of plug those really quick? Or, and, and what else do you have going on? Yeah, I have a, uh, a, a website at ronmackeyfootball.com. And actually, for your listeners, I have a page up that I, I, I will have something special out there for them. It's at ronmackeyfootball.com slash run the power. So you go there, and I'll have something nice for your, for your awesome listeners. 
also have a podcast, Talking Football with Coach Mackey podcast, and a YouTube channel. I'm just I'm trying to spread the, the spread gospel, if you will, and just want to pick other coaches' brains that are a lot smarter than me. That's really it, – it's selfish. I know there's a lot more people smarter out there than me, and I just want to learn their knowledge. Uh, we're doing the exact same thing here, man. So we appreciate you coming on. Seriously. Oh, I th- thanks I think, for having me. I, I think what you're doing for football, Coach Mackey, is awesome. You can just hear your passion coming through the mic, man. And to wow. me, that's the biggest thing. I know you, you could be doing other things out there and making a lot more money. Like you said, you got a math degree. <laughs> you got the computer science stuff. You could do that. But you love football, and you love working with kids, and you love spreading the good gospel, man. So that's awesome. I'm I'm glad we're not recording this right now because I'm blushing. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. And, and I can't believe you, you you made a URL with power in it. Yeah. I, I, hey, there's a first time for everything. Hey, I'm actually time. putting in the power scheme after we talked, man. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You you've influenced you sold me. I was I was on the edge, but after we talked, I was like, F that man. I'm putting it in. Good. That's good in. to hear. <laughs> all right i want to i want to see film in the spring we'll critique it a little bit oh please hell yeah if if you're gonna you can be my uh consultants where am i messing up at please fix it for me <laughs> all right well coach hey we appreciate it man thanks thanks for taking the time and and uh talking on ours uh i had a great time talking on yours so i, I really appreciate it and that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank our sponsors, Powerlift, Sky Coach, and Team Attack Academy. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon. <laughs>